So yeah, we're gonna see some stuff. Pink oh princess God. crown. That's a teddy bear. <laughs> I love this side I do too. This is so good. This, if you can hear this, this is the cracking of bottles. When the sun comes out, the gases in the bottles expand. And, and it's just like a symphony of cracking bottles. It's amazing. Crazy. Out here, you're listening to the peculiar mating call of the soda bottle. We will never use this. No. <laughs> it's good for the Christmas compilation. Yeah, yeah. We have a ton of those already. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody. Hey. <laughs> All right, so like I like to start every interview with you, Boy and Slat, welcome to Catching Up. How you feeling? Where are we right now? What are we doing? Is it a podcast we're doing? We're not. No, we're just going to do an interview. We'll see what we do with it. Okay. We'll see how good you are today. So we've been hearing for a while now about this uh, project and this plastic tsunami. Mm. And we've now had the chance to see it and launch this project. Mm -hmm. How are you feeling about Guatemala right now? Yeah, so it's... Now being here now, just two weeks after, we almost stopped a thousand ton trash tsunami is it's it's, it's quite difficult to be honest it's um, on one hand it feels very hopeful to know that this will soon be over and um, we will be stopping this on the other hand knowing that what you see behind me would not be there <laughs> had the fence performed it's, uh, it's difficult and also going to the beach, seeing the trash there, which again, probably most of that is coming from the, the trash tsunami we were grabbing hold of for about half an hour. <laughs> so yeah, it's um, mixed emotions is the term we, we've used a lot over the past few days. And still being at this place, I mean, where we're standing right now, and you look around at this and you, you not only see it, you hear it, you smell it, you know it's not supposed to be there, but yet it's still here and we are so close. You keep saying, yeah. we're so close, we're so close, uh -huh. we're so close. What has the last week been like for you? I've seen more emotion in the last week than normal. Yeah, well... I think it's the emotions are is a combination of multiple things. It just it's a super busy period now, so it's um, probably easier to get emotional about things just when you don't get enough sleep. But um, it's also frustrating. I mean, we were here exactly a year ago in exactly the same spot, also doing an interview, and. Not much has changed behind me. So, yeah, we are super close, but um, I can only truly celebrate once, once we're there, once we fix this. And um, I hoped it would have been a few weeks ago, but we're not there yet. So, you just said we were here a year ago doing the same thing, basically. Mm. In that year, how do you think that you've changed overall? in terms of the ocean cleanup. I mean, so much has happened actually in the last year too, not even thinking just about Guatemala. Oh, yeah. We were talking about getting ready to launch System 002. We mm. were getting ready to launch Jamaica. Now some of this stuff has been happening. How do you think you've changed in the year? Hmm. 
Yeah, I think that question is easier to answer from the outside than from the inside. But yeah, of course, I mean, every time, you know, over the course of the ocean cleanup, every time when I think about myself uh, 12 months ago, I think of myself as somebody that was stupid and didn't know shit, basically. So, and that's still the case. Um, so I think that's a good thing because it just means I'm, I'm still learning a lot. Um, yeah, and I think then on, I think I should say that from the ocean cleaning perspective, the past year has been, uh, I think, very important, um, you know, organizationally. Um, we're maturing, I think, in terms of projects. You know, a year ago, the cleaning up the Great Pacific Garbage Patch um, just seemed like a it was still just a, a dream. It wasn't, there was no proof yet that it could be done. And now we've almost cleaned a thousandth of the Great Pacific Garbage Patch, I think in a few weeks time. So um, so now we know that that can be done. Of course, we've deployed new interceptors. Yeah, I think things are, are starting to come together. I think really in a year from now, I think we are, you know, we should be in a position that with system three, we have the blueprint of the fleet on on oceans and for the the ocean garbage patches we will have a bunch of really high performing interceptors and also and hopefully also the, the the figured out how to scale so the right business models the right operating models so really having the foundation for for scale up that's what the next 12 months need to deliver and on all these fronts we're so close we are having good performance now in the Great Pacific Garbage Patch. Again, we also had setbacks there over the past half year, um, but um, one by one we're, we're tackling these issues. Uh, here in, in Guatemala, again, we're also super close. With the other interceptor locations, we're already catching plastic, um, but again, we're also quite close, I think, to having a dirty river and clean river out, which is what we, what we are after. So, yeah, now we just have to, to do these things, deliver them. And I think that we'll be in a, in a great position to, um, to rapidly scale up to all the systems we need on oceans and all the systems we need on rivers. And in the great scheme of things, looking back last week at Guatemala and at the trash fence, there was 15 to 20 minutes where it was perfect, hmm. right? watching yeah. it happen when i sent you the video when like things mm. were happening in these 15 minutes i have to admit that like even me i was getting to this point of like because you, you you're seeing this stopped and much more than this much more than this three to four times more than this yeah so you said the word setback i want to focus a minute on the fact that like yeah okay it this was not a failure. This was not a negative thing. What we learned from those 15, 20 minutes, even what we learned from beyond that, is only going to help us in the future. I think it's so important to get that across because this, this is a pilot, this is a test. And what we saw was unbelievable, yeah. right? I don't think I experienced emotions that intensely since the beginning of the ocean cleanup, to be honest. It was so good. Um, until it wasn't. <laughs> so it's, um, yeah, I think we know it can be done now. I think that's, 
think the positive thing to take out it's you know, the concept works we we can't stop this it's um yeah it's these these final tweaks it's the execution of it making sure the foundations hold up don't get washed away um making sure we don't have any overtopping it's um it's it's refining the idea but the idea is sound the only frustrating thing there is that the the iteration cycle time it's not like software where you deploy and uh, see something's wrong next day you have a new version out this is um, hundreds of tons of hardware <laughs> that you have here. We first need to do proper damage assessment and then we need to um, redesign the foundations. I think it's really important that we get, that we show we are stopping a, a, a trash tsunami in this rainy season still. The challenge is of course that doing the fixes during the rainy season is quite a challenge. So hopefully we can figure that out. I think what's important to realize is that if if you don't have any setbacks, if you don't have any failures, you're you're just not doing anything new. So it's you know, we've had many instances like this, and same on the ocean side. Uh, we failed many times until we didn't, and mm -hmm. um, we got it to work. And we got it to work thanks to the lessons we learned through those failures. So it's, um, I think the intelligence has to come in uh, when it comes to how do you fail in a way that it's as cheap, uh, how do you fail as cheaply as possible basically. So, um, and I think here you could say, you know, could we have learned the things we learned in a faster, cheaper way? Um, but that there are failures, I think that's, it's completely, you know, that's part of the game. And um, we now know so many things that we didn't know um, in terms of how the plastic interacts with the fence, etc. So, you know, making sure that we apply those lessons, get it to work, that's now what the team has to focus on. And how is the team? And conversations you're having with the team back in Rotterdam, the team here in Guatemala, mm. What, what vibe are you picking up? Like how, there is a lot of frustration right now. There is a lot of interesting energy. What are, what are you hearing? What are you, and when, how are you feeling about it? There's, you, you can't have something this big, a test go like this and not have, again, that term mixture of emotions, yeah. right? <laughs> no, I think, I think what the team is feeling is exactly what I'm feeling. It's this, um, yeah. It's this combination of uh, of hope and despair. It's uh, it's knowing that we're so close, and it's the frustration of not having done it uh, the first time, right? So it's so it's also about just you know, keep repeating that message that people shouldn't feel ashamed or you know, um, that their professional judgment has failed or something. It's uh, it's part of the game. Mm -hmm. So take us through, what is the story of Guatemala and the Rio Las Vacas, the yeah. Rio Matagua, the Caribbean? Yeah. So the story of the Rio Matagua is, is quite a special one. And it starts in Guatemala City. Most people in Guatemala live on the highlands. Uh, Guatemala City is a, is a major town. And most of the waste gets brought to a landfill uh, on the edge of the city 
which incidentally is also um, the start of this, this river here, the Rio Las Vacas. So what happens is that when it rains, part of that trash flows off this landfill into the river. So that's where most of the trash comes from. Then, of course, you also have poorer communities along the river where you don't have any waste management, you don't have any trucks collecting their waste. So naturally what they do is they also use this already very dirty river as their, their waste management tool. You, know, they just, you don't see any difference if you put your trash in the river. Um, so you know, that also adds a bit of trash. And then it comes down here. It, um, it arrives here at this hydropower site where during flash floods, there's just so much water that actually the water overtops the dam. So then the, the, the trash runs down the river uh, and then a few tens of kilometers downstream here enters the, the Rio Motagua. And what's interesting is that you've, if you look upstream um, at that confluence at the Rio Motagua, it's a clean river. <laughs> the, the dirtiness, the pollutedness starts when this tributary enters the, the Rio Motagua. Now then what happens is that the, um, you know, the trash comes down, there's these two fractures of waste, you have the stuff that is not very buoyant, that kind of sticks to the, the riverbed and the banks, and the closer you get to the ocean, the less of that you see, because the stuff that easily gets stuck um, will get stuck <laughs> quite, quite soon already. Um, and then what's, um, what's left behind are the, the really buoyant objects, so the styrofoam, the bottles, the shoes, which um, just race down this river, hundreds of kilometers to the ocean, where it then enters the ocean, uh, part of it stays behind, part of it, actually the majority uh, beaches, ends up back on shore quickly after leaving the river. And that's what you then see is, is miles and miles of Caribbean coastline being covered in a thick layer of, uh, of trash. So, so I think that's the story of the, um, the Rio Matagua. It starts in Guatemala City and it ends in the Caribbean Sea. And, um, and it's a very different story than, than other rivers because usually what's the case is that you have this very dispersed, um, you know, this dispersed source of plastic when it comes to just you know, littering, you have hundreds of small little dumps across a river basin. And, um, and then, of course, in such a situation, the, the sensible thing to do is to be at the mouth of the river. While here, because most of it is coming from here, um, it makes much more sense to be here because that doesn't only prevent the plastic from entering the, the Caribbean Sea, but also allows the, the, the whole Rio Motagua Basin to, uh, to become clean again. We got to experience this, as you said, on, on land, but also flying over it, which is a unique experience in itself, just taking a helicopter and flying hmm. just in general. But then flying over something, and, and I think you experienced this the same way, everybody that was in the helicopter, when you see it from the sky, there are, your mind looks at it different. It's so beautiful. Hmm. This country is so damn beautiful. But then as you get lower and lower and lower on the Matagua, then you start seeing the bottles floating in the river. You start seeing them on the riverbanks. You see these islands again. Yeah. What is that 
put this into words for people like like how big is this problem in your point of view in this country Luke, I think what's the most shocking thing here is just the contrast between the, the astounding beauty of this country but the 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 horridness of the the pollution in the river it's um I know the the government of Guatemala is trying to promote tourism a lot, and you know, that's of course very understandable because I think people should go to Guatemala. It's um, it has astounding natural beauty, but um, and that's why this river feels so out of place. And um, I think what also makes it so shocking to see it's this this river of death flowing through this. Um, luscious landscape of of life i'm a poet now what, what's going on that was fantastic <laughs> yeah. i was i was wondering if you were going to ruin it but yeah. uh, <laughs> you could cut i was like we should just bring in the music yeah oh it's perfect but there he come then the goofiness yeah. comes there thanks now we're in a different place okay hey what was it like flying a helicopter um how did that come about and how did you almost crash us it didn't <laughs> Come on. Well, we were a bit bobbly for a bit. But <laughs> <laughs> Just a bit. There's a big difference between a wobble and a crash. That's true. Thank goodness. Yeah. Okay. Um, now it's cool. So we did this uh, this research trip and uh, got to tag, al tag along and got to see the the river from the sky and um, yeah, got to fly the helicopter for a bit as well, which was fun. What's interesting though, is when you look at the, the river from the sky, at say 500 meters altitude, you don't really see the trash. Um, it just looks like uh, pebbles and rocks on, on the riverbanks. But then when you go down, say below 200 meters, then suddenly you realize, oh, these what you thought were, were rocks are actually plastic bags, bottles, styrofoam, etc. So it's quite, it has a similar color palette. So it's, um, so our helicopter pilot, the other helicopter pilot, he, um, he, he'd seen that before, but he never realized it was trash. It was, he thought it was just the riverbed. So yeah, so I think what, what's been quite interesting to see in this trip as well is that the, the pilots and the drivers that took us along, how surprised they were and how shocked they were to, you know, to see this problem in their own country because uh, many of these people don't realize that this exists. Um, it's not like every Guatemalan lives in this filth. Almost nobody does. But... Um, yeah, if you visit this river, only then you get to see it. So you did walk on the beach, and I, and I did see the most emotion coming out of you that I think I've ever seen. Talk about just that moment. We landed a helicopter on a beach. You get out of the helicopter. You see this, but going into the water, yeah. being crashed through waves onto the beach. Sure. I mean, so I've seen a lot of dirty beaches yeah you kind of get used to that even though it's it's disgusting to see and outrageous but um, 
like this trash felt different because I know that it wouldn't have been there had the interceptor trash fence worked. So it just felt more personal and um, yeah, all the more sad to see it. So yeah, definitely, uh, definitely touched me to, to see that. And we're focusing a lot of attention, of course, on Guatemala right now, because this is where we are. This is where we just had one of the biggest events for the ocean cleanup, probably the biggest event for the ocean cleanup in terms of the amount of trash but oh, yeah. we're we're still pulling trash out all over the world i mean it was so cool the other day we were sitting at a little rooftop restaurant and watching live from mm. the great pacific garbage patch yet another haul of trash come out of the pacific ocean how does that make you feel when you're sitting in guatemala and you're watching something happening on the complete other side of the world that is just as impactful and just as important to the story of the ocean cleanup. Sure. No, it's cool to um, really um, becoming quite the international operation. And um, just to know that right now we are pulling out trash out of aquatic ecosystems in, uh, what is it, one, two, three, five or six countries, plus international waters, is uh, pretty cool. <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, so we're yeah we're getting there. I think it's um, I think the most important thing now is to have the discipline to do these things right at this scale first before trying to scale as fast as possible. That's what we try to do first, but the, it doesn't really work to scale something that doesn't fully work yet. So so yeah, that's what we're in now. It's about maximizing the the efficacy of these deployments in rivers. It's about um, achieving operational excellence on oceans. You know, these things need to get boring first before we should take another exciting step in terms of scaling. So, so that's that's the process we're in now. And um, I think slowly but surely you're starting to see that um, that's having an, an effect on uh, on the operation. I think now in the patch it's going very well. Um, rivers too, where you know, we see the lines trending upwards. So, yeah. Good. Well, just a quick wrap as we're starting to get rained on. So where do we go from here now in terms of Guatemala? Like what's the next month's going to look like? Yeah. So now it's just, um, just making sure we have the right balance between getting this thing up and operational as soon as possible while not rushing too much that we make the same mistake twice. So... Um, we now know what failed, there were the foundations, the erosion protection. So we need to do that. You know, we need to understand why that failed and how to fix it. And then we need to just fix it as soon as possible. Um, you know, the, the amount of trash going through here is so ginormous that any resource we can throw at this, we will do because it just pays back big time. And overall, with the ocean cleanup, how do you see the next the next year going? Like again, last year we were here. We were talking about a Coke partnership. We were mm. talking about Coldplay. We were talking about all these things that have actually happened or are beginning to yeah. happen. How do you see the next year? Yeah, so the next twelve months, it's about ensuring that we're ready for rapid scale up. So they will be at roughly twenty rivers if we count all the the rivers in Jamaica by the end of the year. I think that's um, making sure that all of those run really well first, I think is, is, is crucial. So that's where the focus is going to be. 
uh, focus is going to be on uh, delivering the blueprint of the fleet for the Great Pacific Garbage Patch. So transitioning from System 2 to System 3, which will be three times bigger, will be more efficient, it will be the way you know, the, where we want to build many copies of. Um, so, so that's what we need to figure out. And then we also need to figure out how we're going to pay for all this um, at scale. Of course, now we are very fortunate to have received donations from many people around the world. That has gotten us through development. It will get us through this sort of maturization phase. But um, we need more reliable, sustainable sources of income to, to scale. Um, so figuring out what those will be is another thing we need to figure out in the next, uh, the next 12 months, preferably a bit sooner. And what about for Boy and Slap in the next 12 months? How, we talked earlier about how you've changed in the last 12 months. There is definitely a change with you, man. I see it. I, I travel with you a lot. We hang out a lot. And I, I've watched you evolve and turn into... I, I, I'd be curious, the old boy in Slat, how he would deal with what happened over the last couple of weeks. And it's been impressive to watch the new boy in Slat. Not perfect, but impressive. <laughs> well, how, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> how does it go the next... Where do you... When you look Previous at your, boy in Slat would have fired you on the spot, I think. That's true. Yeah. I don't know how I even am still here, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but how do you nah. see the next 12 months? Like, you do, you, you do look at this stuff. I do, that's what I do... That's what I do appreciate about you, Boy and Slat, is that I see the gears grinding. I know you read a lot of books and you steal a lot of sayings from people. And how do you see... You could have stopped at read a lot of books. Yeah, yeah. okay. But, but where, how do you think you need to evolve as a CEO, as a, a person that hmm. is running something of this size at your age, man? I mean, it's impressive. It really is. But how do you think you need to change? Um, so my job as the CEO is to make sure... We know where we want to go, define what success is, and then making sure that we achieve that. That's the job description. That, that's it. And um, of course, as the project grows and change, changes, those needs to, to do that evolve over time as well, of course. So it's, um, yeah, so ultimately I just try and be useful, just try and be um, the best servant to the mission. And um, yeah, and of course, over time, that becomes easier and easier because you realize, you know, you start to understand the things you're good at, the things you're not so good at, and then you can find the people around you that, that fill those gaps. So, um, so I think that's, of course, a, a continuous process. And um, of course, as we grow, you know, the, the phases you're in change and the you know, the culture, the people have, have to change with that. So it's, um, yeah, it's, um, it's a very different thing to manage an organization that's kind of steady state. You may have a few percent growth a year. And what we're trying to do is basically doubling every year in terms of number of deployments. Um, now that's, that requires uh, constant work, constant maintenance. But um, yeah, it's tough. It's... Um, so hopefully one thing that I figure out is how to um, yeah, sort of how to manage uh, <laughs> that workload a bit better um, because it is it's definitely 
<laughs> very difficult thing that we're doing. Uh, and we're all constantly pushing our own limits here. Um, but you even get yourself out in the field a lot, which I think is cool. Like, you know, here you are, you're standing amongst piles of crap and you're the CEO. I mean, there's some CEOs that would be like, they sit in an office and they're not actually in the field. Mm. You, you love this though. I see it in your face. I mean, we go in a helicopter, we go in, on these drives, you walk along rivers, you're looking at it, not out of the eyes of a CEO mm. as much as you're looking at it out of interest and um, yeah, concern. It, it's, yeah, it's, I think for me to be able to do my job well, I need to truly understand the problem. So it's, uh, yeah, it's about asking many different questions to your team on one side, but it's also somebody just going there and seeing it. I think this is really important. Um, actually, the supervisory board pushes me to also go to the Great Pacific Garbage Patch now. <laughs> and so, um, I will at some point, I think, when System 3 is deployed. But, uh, but yeah, I, I try and push that forward as much as possible because... Um, I do get seasick quite badly, so it's, yeah, I'm not looking forward to that one, but I, I, I do agree with them. I think it's important to, to see stuff, um, to, to, yeah, to truly understand stuff. So, um, I do too. I think it's good. I think you sitting here in this pile of crap and, and hanging out with, with the flies, the flies is, is huge. Cause I mean, what better way you're talking to somebody in a meeting for whatever someday and it's what's better saying well i heard from such and such that this is what happens or you being able to say mm. i saw this happen i know this happens firsthand oh yeah, yeah it's important to optimize for the yeah the, you, you just get so much information all the time and it's important to optimize for the the fidelity of that information and yeah just uh, an easy way to do that is just see it with your own eyes so well, cool. Well, I'm glad you do it. It's been fun. It's always fun hanging out with you and all this junk and seeing you. Yeah, it's my net, my natural Seeing habitat. you bounce amongst the uh, yeah. <laughs> trash. Out here in Guatemala, the Boyan roams in its natural habitat. Something like that. Keep going. Give I us more. I probably should not do this. No, do it. It's good. But if, if, if anyone listening to this knows David Attenborough, I would hope I would, everybody listening to this would know David. Well, know him in person. Oh, I mean. right. Okay. Please help me make this introduction because that's definitely, he's very high on, on my list of people to meet. So. Oh, well, maybe he listens. Yeah. Dave, you listen? Hey, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> no, cool, man. Well, thanks, thanks for hanging out. Thanks for uh, coming back to Guatemala and doing this again in the same pile of plastic that we were in last year. We yeah. are starting to make a dent. It is gonna happen, man. Seeing what we saw last week. Next year, we'll do this again, clean yeah, water Yeah, I, I think, us. it would, would that not be amazing to be here one day and none of this is here? Yeah. So let's go for that. So, well, thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting. And yeah, from Guatemala, the site of Interceptor 006 trash fence that almost worked. Adios. <laughs>